Do you have any lingering doubts as to the existence of angels? Well, I think we can put some of those to rest today. Hi, it's Cheryl Sitz, welcoming you to another episode of Exploring Possibilities. Since 2012, we've been podcasting enlightening, uplifting, empowering conversations, all designed to help you remember who you are. All of these can be found at journeyofpossibilities.com with new shows airing on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and youtube.com slash Cheryl Sitz. If you like what you hear, show us a little love so we can keep doing this for you. Every bit helps at journeyofpossibilities.com slash support. We'll be right back in just a moment with Keith Leon S. Hi, I'm Mario Rosales. I am the producer of Exploring Possibilities. I actually do IT work. I do website design. I do uh, remote support. You know, one of the things that I've been having recently, I've been working with people that are on Wix. And at the beginning, even I had the idea that Wix wasn't that powerful. But as I started working with it, I found out that there is so much more in there that we are not taking advantage of. We're not taking advantage of its database functionality. We're not taking advantage of their autoresponders. And a lot of this comes included for free in some of their packages. I've learned the system very well to the point that I can train you on how to do it. Or if you ask me to, to do some complicated task, I can design it for you within Wix. Then after I'm done, I give you the training on how to use it. And then if you have any troubles, you can always call me. Thank you. I am Mario Rosales, and you can reach me at MarioRosales.com. Let me help you out wherever I can. Thanks. Keith Leoness is an award-winning, best-selling author, international speaker, and book publisher. His latest, Walking with My Angels, A True Story, with forward by Chicken Soup for the Souls, Jack Canfield, is the subject of today's conversation. You can get your copy of this fabulous book using a link found on the description of this podcast, and a small affiliate fee will come back to us in support of the show. Keith has appeared on national radio and television broadcasts, and now... He and his team help other people get their mission and message published quickly through Leon Smith Publishing. You'll find him online at leonsmithpublishing.com. And he joins us now. Hi, Keith. Hi. How are you? I am doing so well. Thank you. And thank you for taking the time to connect with us today around a really special book. Mm, You're welcome. It's my pleasure to be here with you. Oh, my goodness. I read a lot of books for this show. And once in a while... I get a real storyteller, and that's what you are. You told a story that moved me in so many ways that I hardly know where to start. Your life story. What a life you've lived. (laughs) That is a fact. I think I've lived, what, eight (laughs) so far? (laughs) So it says, yes. Yeah. Well, let's talk about, let's start with the idea that we're here to talk about angels in this book. And You've been hearing them basically your whole life. How do you define an angel? Do you know that they're angels for sure? Yeah, well, you know that my my guardian angel started speaking to me when I was a child, and uh, I shared these stories on many interviews. And I remember a psychologist once said, "Now I have to put on my psychology hat. <laughs> how do you how do you know that this voice wasn't you know your yourself talking to you because you didn't have." you know, a parent that was there for you, you you were missing so many things. And I said, well, this voice that came to me uh, kept me out of harm's way, like literally saved me from being molested around the corner from my house by telling me exactly what to do. Uh, Like I fell off a cliff one time and I felt angels' hands lift me up back on to the cliff back to safety. I mean, there, there, it's just usually when I hear that voice or get that answer, it's something that I had not previously been able to gain access to 
in my head. Uh, so, and then when I hear a voice and it's not my voice, then it's even clearer <laughs> than that. Yeah. You, and you tell all of these stories in your book. It's beautiful how the stories unfold. I mean, you pretty much jump into one right off the bat and then throughout the pages of the book, we experience along with you, how these angels work with you throughout the days of your life and how they save your life. And you also introduce us to another concept, the earthbound angel. Mm, Yeah. Um, And the way that that earthbound angel told me, he said, real earthbound angel. (laughs) I said, what do you mean real earthbound angel? Uh, He said, well, you know, people call people that do good deeds for each other an earthbound angel. But really what an earthbound angel is, is there are a number of us who were, he said, how can I say this? Uh, I was an etheric, you know, entity, uh, energy, and I came into this body. So uh, it's referred to by some people as a walk-in, right? So he walked into this body, and now he is kind of like the, the angel in the in the old, there was an old TV series called Walking with an Angel, and, and um I think that's what it was called with Michael Landon. And he so he's in a body, he's assigned to certain people, me in this case, and uh they're they, they are assigned to certain people to get them to believe and ultimately at some point in working with the person they're assigned to to uh, save their life, really keep them from leaving the earth before they were supposed to. Because he, he talked to me about, about pre, predestination. You know, there was a reason that I was here on the earth and things that I was here to accomplish. And the route that I was going and heading when uh, we met, that I, I would have died before my time. So he was there to teach me, convince me, reveal my life purpose to me, and then at some point save my life. And he said, once I save your life, then you have to let me go because I have to go and do it for someone else. So, yeah, real Earthbound angels are the ones who are uh, assigned to certain people to work with them and to uh, put them back on their path if they're straying and keep them here until their predetermined expiration date. That's what he said. And honestly, after reading about that, I think I had one of those. There was a point in my life where I was way lost in the partying and this woman really did pull me back and... I think she was here to do it for several, for several people. And it was amazing to watch how she would do that for us. And at one point she just looked at me and she shook her head and she said, wrong choice, Cheryl, you're making the wrong choice about a key decision in my life. And I went ahead and Mm. did it anyway. And she's like, I can't stop you, but I promise you you're making the wrong choice. Of course I look back (laughs) and I made the wrong choice, but what do you know? Well, you couldn't tell me a thing back then. You kind of went yeah. through that self-destructive stuff too, didn't you? And and do you think that the angels are the reason that you made it through that? Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. The the things that I did to my body when I when I think back on it, I'm like, I just don't. I wouldn't have any clue how my body could uh, withstand <laughs> the abuse that I put it through. Like, how can a heart take that much right. <laughs> without stopping? You know, it just blows my mind how I'm even still walking the earth. But but then when I think about the all the other greater things that I saw that were even bigger than that. And it just brings me back to, oh, okay, well, I see how that could happen. All those other things happened, then surely I would be able to kind of be self-destructive to my body and make it to the other side. If I'm here for this divine purpose, it was just like I got a pardon, <laughs> if you right. will. Right, yeah. yeah. And it's interesting how you then went on and came into the 
the love story that you came into, how you manifested your love story, how you manifested your partner was a great part of the book as well. You speak mm-hmm. to manifestation throughout the book. And we were just chatting before we started the show today about how you can kind of turn it on and turn it off. And that's pretty cool too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I had uh 13 and a half years with my practice wife, which you read about in the in the book. <laughs> I call her my practice <laughs> wife because I learned what not to do in a relationship in the first book, in my first chapter of life. And uh, but but then when I decided that I wanted to search for my my true mate, then we both did a similar process in that we I created uh, what I called the list, and she called hers a, a marketing plan, and we basically wrote down all the qualities that we wanted in our next mate and our last mate. And, uh, and we both strangely on the other side of the United States from each other came to the realization that we needed to become all of the qualities that we had written ourselves. And we uh, looked at the paper and said, Nope, I'm not all of that. Here are some things I need to work on. Did the work that we needed to do became the list ourselves. And then we both put it away knowing that we we would know when the other person was standing in front of us. So we just like gave it to God, put it aside and went about our everyday life. And she had gotten so relaxed in, about that, that even when I was standing in front of her, she didn't notice me till I kind of went, <laughs> Hey, <laughs> right? Hey, over here. And, uh, <laughs> And told her my story of what I had done. And then she was like, oh, wait. And then she remembered her process and went down the list in her head and was like, oh, my goodness, he is all of those things. Oh, okay. And so it took her a couple be- couple more weeks than me to know uh, then it- that I was the one she had written down and manifested. Well, in one of the lines you said in the book, I, I highlighted so I would share it on the show. What you asked yourself, how could I attract something that I am not myself? And we, you know, how many of us have done that? We sit down and we write this dream list of, oh, this is my dream partner. And some of those things we haven't even begun to work out for ourselves. So how would we attract <laughs> what we're not, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I did a lot of interviews with people in my, when I was young, and I, I didn't put that in the book, but I did a lot of interviews with people about certain topics. So one was, you know, life after life. I talked to people who had left the planet and then came back into their bodies. So they had those near-death experiences. And another one was when I was really young, I talked to a whole bunch of old folks who had been together for like 50 years, 60 years, 45 years. And I, I just talked to them about who they were. And what I ultimately discovered was that on the outside, it was opposite to tract. Like people say, like he didn't like to dance, but she did, and she liked uh, theater, and he didn't. Uh, but when it came to qualities, like who they really were, it was all, they were always the same. Like like attracts like when it comes to the qualities of who we truly are, and so that's why I looked at the list, kind of remembering that and saying, oh, like attracts like when it comes to the real stuff, qualities. So am I all of these qualities? Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> there was a couple couple <laughs> things where I was I was just a little out of line, you know, not there yet, and so I had to go to work and, and do do the work that I needed to do to to become the man that she deserved. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah, I, Mario and I are on a similar journey. You know, it took me a little bit longer. You you were saying it took her, you know, a little bit of time. It took me a long time because I was so rejecting the idea that this was the kind of man for me because I thought I knew what was best for me and what I wanted. And <laughs> even though that had never worked out for me in the past, I was determined by God. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> Isn't yeah. that interesting? Isn't it? <laughs> now I'm like, you know what? I think I do want to deserve you. Yeah, I think I'm ready to deserve you. I think I'm over that now. <laughs> Took me a yeah. while, though. I'm pretty stubborn. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> I want to talk about the intention that you put behind this book, because I think that's as as important as the book itself. How often do we hear about people writing books with intentions, purpose for sending it out into the world? What was the intention behind this book for you? Uh, Well, when you read uh, in the book about a out-of-body experience that I had and met with all these entities and like Jesus was there and etheric beings and and ancestors and archangels and they all told me my purpose in life and why I was here. And one of those things was I was going to write this book called Walking with My Angels, their title, not mine, and uh, that it would be a story about my interactions and my connection to the etheric realm. And that uh, and that there was a few promises that were made and, and from that point on, they said, your voice heals. So whether you speak, whether you sing, if people come within the sound of your voice, healing happens. Remember that? They said, uh, you'll write the book. And when you write the book, whoever holds the book in their hands will be raised to their next level of vibration. That's what they told me. So, so as a publisher, when I also remembered how many people they said would have this book in their hands i was i was like even as a publisher i'm like hmm, how do we reach that high of a number <laughs> right and but i realized two things one was beautiful is that if you hold it in your hands you're raised to your next level of vibration then that means you didn't even have to read it so if you buy the book you put it on your table uh in the living room every person that comes and says hey what's this book and flips through it for a second and puts it back down just received everything they were supposed to receive that helps me get to reach a lot more people. And then uh, somebody pointed out to me along the way that uh, Kindle reader is something that people hold in their hands and that when people are on their laptops and they have that on their lap or in their hands, even if they did the look inside feature on the book, <laughs> then they receive. And so I was like, that's how I get to that number. Right? Awesome. 1.5 million people because, because it's not just he or she who reads the book. It's holds in their hands, so so that was uh, pretty special, and so it was really it was uh, to live my life purpose. <laughs> That's why I put the book out uh, to help people be raised to their next level of vibration, and ultimately to fulfill the promise that I made, which was to do this book when they told me to do it. And so that was a challenge from the time that I was told I would write this book till I finally got the yes. It was time was a very long time <laughs> and yeah. hard, hard for me to, to be patient for 22 years <laughs> while I waited for that. Uh, but, but once I started writing the book and reliving the experiences that I wrote, I, I got clear pretty quick, quick, pretty quickly why they waited so long. You know, like a lot of the things that I write and say in this book, if I would have even 10, 15 years ago would have put this book out, they would like be get the net get him some medication <laughs> put him in a funny farm you know this but but the uh as the years passed the few people that i uh, chose to share these experiences with would say yeah oh cool that's inspiring nobody looked at me like dude you're crazy yeah you know you're nuts like get the net help this guy <laughs> he needs help they just people are way more open to the possibilities now than than ever before so it was like a perfect time for for this message. 
And that's so important for us to remember. You know, I'm finally, my book is really flowing through me now and it's taken me a while and I was beating myself up for that. But what I'm realizing now that it's flowing is it flows at a point when I'm ready to really tell the story in the best possible way that I can tell it. I've healed a lot since I started thinking it was my time to tell that story. And I would have told a very different story. So it's true that timing is so important. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, the timing and the, and the place that you're in while you're writing it. Yeah. You know, every everything is energy. So as a as a some person who teaches people how to write books, that's one of the things that I I do is uh, like in our home study course. There's an affirmation. It's like a, a closed eye meditation that you listen to before you write that puts you in the perfect place to be a vessel and let it pour through you, right? So it's like how we're being while we're writing is captured on the page. And, uh, and then I tell people to freeform write, just spill everything out, even if it's something that you're like, I'm not sure that, that I want anybody to know this. It's like, write it anyway, and then as you, after you finish your first pass, come back to the top and read it through one time, and that's where you do editing. And uh, if you get to something that you're like, that was for me, not for them, <laughs> you, you can pull the words out, but the energy of what you had written stays in. And I've said this to so many people in my courses and they and they come back later and say, that's so true. Like I pulled this piece out that was for me. And then people came up and said, I loved in the book when you said, and they would talk about the experience or the quality of what they had written, but taken out, uh, or, or even say some of the words that were taken out. And, uh, and that really touched their heart, something that they the author clearly knew was not in the book when it it printed. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, but the quality of it was still there because everything is energy. So you can take the words out, but the the essence and the energy is still there. Absolutely. Well, I want to, there's a couple of things in your book that really jumped out at me. One of them was, and I believe this was the story of your earthbound angel that was driving around all the time with a, the gas tank broken in the car and didn't gas up for like forever and the car never ran out of gas. That was a cool story. Ah, <laughs> uh, that was, that was a, another guy. His name was Larry. I worked with him at, oh, the, yeah. at the car lot and he, he was an angel in his own right. I'll tell you. Uh, but yeah, he, he, we were both uh, worked at this car lot and then we both quit. And so we had no source of income. So we started first painting curbs together, you know, putting the address, <laughs> the little design and, and getting money for that. And that gave us just enough for food. Then we started painting bakeries and we, we did all kinds of things together. But mostly what we did together was uh, journeys is what I would call it. He had uh, he was the most uh, incredibly uh, sighted gift of sight yeah. uh, people that I know and so he he took me on a few journeys and was there for me on a few of mine when my earthbound angel assigned me to do a few things he was right by my side to help me facilitate that which I uh, remember the uh, funeral service that was yes. one where he was there and um, interestingly enough at the end of the book I propose a question where I, I talk about uh, so my earthbound angel John Larry this other guy who appears later and, and saves my life at one point, I said, you know, are they all are they all one angel or is it different? You know, you make the call. Right. right. And uh, so since then, uh, when I was on my book tour for this book, I went out on the road for for six months. And uh, while I was out on the road, I opened up my Facebook account one evening and there was a, a friend request said from Larry Wright. 
Now, there's a lot of Larry Wrights in the world, so I had searched and searched, but I couldn't find Larry Wright on Facebook. There was only thousands and thousands and thousands to choose from. Yeah. Uh, but it, but my son's name is Timar, T-I-M-A-R, and that is a unique name. So he, he ultimately found my son on Facebook and said, hey, this is your father's friend, Larry. And so uh, so when I got the friend request, I a lot of times people get, you know, phishing scams and all of that. So I was just mm-hmm. like, is this the Larry, right? And he said, you mean the one who? And then he started to say things that were in the book, but he hadn't read it yet. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and I said, yeah, great, great. Let's get on the phone. And so we connected. And so I got to finally connect with Larry after all this time. And it was so beautiful because when I had him on the speakerphone, uh, we were, we were talking and my wife was listening. And so he'd say, remember when? And then he would say things that I wrote about in the book that you read about. And my wife was like, whoa, getting chills, showing me her arms, hair standing up, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and then he'd even say like, and remember when? And he would say something that I, that I had forgotten or not said uh, in the book. And so it was just, it's amazing. We've been in, in contact ever since. But, uh, but yeah, he uh, was an amazing, amazing part of that process. There was just a rich cast of characters throughout your life and some incredible experiences. Do you mind if I bring up the story of stopping time and the accident that happened and then went in reverse? That was, that just blew me away. I read that like three times. I was like, what? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My uh, best friend at the time, his name was Timar. He's the one that I named my kid after. And uh, so for his 16th birthday, he got a 69 Mustang beautiful car and uh, he picked me up one one night and he wanted to show me like how fast it could go and so we we went to to a place really right right behind my house there was this long 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 strip of just straight road and it was not a busy street so there's hardly usually anybody on the street so we went all the way up to the end and then he uh, turned around and he just punched it and we're like 50 60 70 80 90 we're going 90 miles an hour the light is starting to come at us uh you know we can see the light in in the out in the distance so he's thinking oh, i better slow down and he starts pumping the great brakes and nothing's happening he's like dude no brakes he's freaking out i'm freaking out He's pumping the brakes. Cars, there's a couple cars at the intersection. They're getting closer and closer. Finally, the car brakes lock up, and we slide up to the, the car that's in the right-hand lane uh, in front of us. And he swerves to miss that, so the car slides out to the left and hits. The, there's a little island that has the power box that changes the light uh, right there. So we slam into the power box. I hear glass break, metal ripple, and then boom, I'm off into what they call a life review. So I saw my life from the womb and then being born and then all the snapshots of the kind of important things and milestones that had happened in my life from birth all the way through that moment. So, uh, so it's like, you know, birthday party, this this happened, that happened, that time when I was bullied, that time when I was the bully, that time, you know, just everything. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then then we're speeding in the car, and then the glass breaks, and blah, 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 and all that happens. And then uh, we, we come into that present moment, and then everything just froze. And then, like like you said, everything just went in reverse. And, blah, 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 and then I saw the whole movie in reverse, blah, 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 all the way back to the womb, and poof, then I came to came back uh, into my 
into my uh, awareness, and uh, we were sitting in the 69 Mustang out of the intersection, kind of around the corner, sitting up next to the curb. And I look at my friend Timar, and he's like, dude, he goes, did, did, did you hear? And I go, glass break, metal ripple. He's like, yes. He's like, oh, my God, my dad's going to kill me because we know the car's totaled. So we get out of the car to do a damage check. And, um, and so he gets out of the car because it was on his side that we slammed. By the time I came around the car to see him, he's just shaking his head in disbelief because there's no damage whatsoever to the car. But the hubcap, the rear hubcap is missing. So we look for the hubcap. It's in the middle of the intersection where the accident happened. We go to pick up the hubcap, and now nobody is around. Nobody. And uh, this is a part that I didn't, I didn't necessarily address in the book, but uh, I, we feel like we jumped timelines because there was people there. There was a couple cars, and if you slam into an island, you get into a wreck you know, people come to your aid. Yeah. They, they would have been like, oh, are you okay? Or something. Uh, but nobody's there. It's like a ghost town. And so we just pick up the hubcap and then we look and on the, the little island, uh, which is like a curbed island where the power box is, it's that old chunky asphalt that, that they used to have, not the really hard gray stuff now that, that we have, but there was this old chunky stuff that if you took a screwdriver and went, and you know, you could put a gash in it because it was so soft. Well, that's what had happened. We, we looked at, at the island and right next to the power box, there was a scrape in the curb that went diagonally from, you know, about the bottom of a hubcap up and went right into the box. So to us, it was proof that it had happened that we didn't make it up and uh and even after you know for years until they replaced that island with the hard gray stuff that was our reminder anytime i needed a reminder i could walk 100 feet from my house and look at that chunk <laughs> out of the curb and and know that i was on a path and and that uh that i i was spared that day that is such a wild story and yet i i sense the truth of it i know the truth of it just i mean it you feel truth, you know, you feel yeah. truth in your body. My body knows that that's a true story. And yeah. something similar happened years later where you're watching someone else get into an accident and time yeah. stops and reverses. So it didn't just happen to you. And right. I mean, that's just amazing how the angels work with you and through you and for you. Yeah. Yeah. Totally amazing. It is amazing. So since you wrote the book, have you had any more instances come about that you're like, wow, that, sh that would be another chapter for the book if I were still writing the book? <laughs> well, yeah, like in the, at, by the end of the, I, by the time I wrote this book, I was like seven times I should have died, but I've seen time reverse to keep me here. I've seen all these miracles happen. Well, it's actually eight now oh. because not long after I wrote the book, I was uh, speaking at an event in Texas and we got an Airbnb and, um, and so a house that we weren't used to and we were, we were upstairs and, uh, I travel a lot. And so I kind of have a ritual that I get into the bed and then I pace off from the bed to the restroom, how far it is, because, you know, it's usually pitch dark and I'm in a place that I don't know. Once I kind of do that little walk back and forth, then it sets it into my memory and I know how many steps it kind of innately because I, I just did that walk. So I uh, did not do that. And uh, so I got up in the middle of the night to go to the restroom and I kind of walked to where I thought the door was and then I took a right 
and uh, headed toward the restroom. And then I put my hand out to the right and there was nothing there. So I was like, oh, cool. There's the doorway to the restroom. So I turned to the right and boldly stepped into the stairwell and uh, and just fell like, oh, at no. warp speed, face first down the stairwell in pitch dark. And uh, and so it just happened so fast. So I'm I'm falling face first quickly and then i just hear louder than anything put your arm out like that so i go i put my arm out and my arm caught in the spokes of you know on the side of stairs how there'll be those little kind of spokes with the wood on the top um so my arm caught in that and stopped me and um so i lay there for a little while and then i oh man my arm hurt so bad i went back up and didn't want to wake up my wife because i was going to speak the next morning i wanted one of us to at least have sleep so i kind of laid there for hours till the sun came up milking that wound and uh and so uh once the sun came up and i told her about it we went and we walked down the stairs and the stairwell had all wall on the left and all wall on the right until almost at the bottom of the staircase on the left there was those uh those spokes or you know metal bars uh with the with the handrail there was only four of those and so my arm had caught in one of the only four available to stop me. Wow. And, and, and then that was at the bottom where there, then you take a left to go down the next little set of stairs. So right in front of me, those four was about another couple feet was another wall. And so had I not put my arm out and stopped, then I would have hit my head, neck at full speed on that wall. And I know it would have broke my neck i would have been gone so uh so it was just another another demonstration because that voice like was so loud yeah. <laughs> so loud and 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 jarring so much that i would just go oh and put my arm out <laughs> and know? the timing was perfect yeah it was just it was wow. whoa 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 and then as much as it did really uh injure me the beautiful thing was uh, that the next day the event that i was speaking at which i did <laughs> with my arm <laughs> hanging down to the floor but i'm here to be of service i actually did speak but as soon as i finished that i kind of collapsed behind the table and my wife you know <laughs> did the rest of the, did the rest of the day for me but it was actually a functional medical uh, practitioners convention so of all the places I could be the next day was, oh, here's a chiropractor who reset my body. Oh, here's the person that has the next oh. cutting edge uh, healing technology. Here's the one that's doing the, uh, uh, you know, has the medicine that you can take that's not medicine that's all, you know, natural. And it was just like all the healing that I could ever want. Acupuncturist, you know, Reiki, like wow. everybody, they were all there and they all were just like, oh, no, honey, come here. And just went to work on me. And, and so that really kicked in a, a very quick healing process. <laughs> so it's like the blessing for the lesson, right? Yeah. Yeah, really. Just the way your life unfolds is its own miracle, right? The the yeah. interventions that come to, to save the day and, and, and it's not for naught. You're actually willing to show up every day and say, how can I be of service? What's next? And that's, I think, an important thing to remember. If it sounds like you live such a charmed life, you're also yeah. doing your best to be of service in the world. And that makes all the difference. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and and that's what where people say, oh, but you're special. You know, this that can happen for me. You're special. You have all these angels. And I'm like, well, it took it took all of that to get me to believe. 
right? Yeah. I, I, my head was so thick. And I was like, nah, <laughs> let's see a miracle on Monday. And by Tuesday, be like, nah, I made that up. So, so that's what it took. Uh, however, the, the everyday practice of tuning into my inner guidance system, angels, spirit, God, universe, whatever you want to call it, right? We, they, they don't, it doesn't care what you call it as long as you call it. And that's yes. the point uh, that I teach in my live events is that it, it's, it's you. You are the answer you've been searching for and that, and that we are uh, made up of the energy that where we came from. So some people call that God or energy or universe. Uh, we're made up of that stuff. And so just because we chose to jump in this body and try on this experience does not mean that we're disconnected from the source we came from. It's quite the opposite. We have a direct connection to source. So I like to teach people to sit, ask, and listen. Sounds simple. A lot of us <laughs> sitting, sitting, meditating, right? Asking, praying. Yeah, okay, sit, ask. Now, listen part is the most important part. And that's the part that I think that I excel in uh, where a lot of people could use some work, right? And that is that when we listen, it's best to listen for the answer to the one question that you asked until you receive the answer, no matter how long that is. So uh, if you, uh, one time I sat waiting for two weeks for the answer to one question, but the answer I got completely changed my life and my business forever because I was willing to sit there and do nothing but ask that question for two weeks. But maybe you don't have two weeks and you ask a question and now you have to get up and go out. Uh, Then spin that one question as your mantra over and over as much as you can remember all day until you receive the answer to the one question before you move on to the next. And that is what I have found to be the way to receive divine guidance and uh, to really important questions. And then to what you, uh, to speak to what you asked for earlier, I know when it's spirit, God, universe, or angels that gave me that answer because I was not able to get the answer to that question when little Keith was trying to get the answer, right? When my ego, my mind was trying to get the answer, I couldn't get it, which is why then I asked source and then stayed in the question till I received the answer. And should you want to play with the angels to get the answers to your question, uh, that's what we do at the end of the book, is, uh, is I love to teach folks that, you know, we all have at least one angel with us. So that's our guardian angel. And that's not just a clever name. Guardian angel is to get you to your predetermined expiration date. They're supposed to make sure you make it to the time you promised you would be here until. And with all planes, trains, automobiles, bullets, you know, all the ways that we could <laughs> check, we could be gone so quickly these days. They're on high watch. <laughs> yeah. So they're, so they're with us all the time. They have two jobs, love you unconditionally, get you to your predetermined expiration date. That's the only two jobs they have. And that's all they're doing unless you ask them to do more because we have free will. So they can't do anything else unless we ask them. But trust me, they're bored out of their mind just walking around, <laughs> keeping you, you know, I love you and I'm keeping you safe till your expiration date. <sighs> Let's play. So uh, so at the end of the book, I give, uh, give you like a, an evocation. I like to call it an invitation where you just say, hey, you know, guardian angel, I would, I would love it if you would help me receive answers to my questions. If you could help me with that process. And so I want you to know that I am open to hearing your voice. I'm open to having you show me uh, the answer in in many different ways and kind of name all the ways you can think of. So if I 
if I ask a question and I go out and turn the radio on and the first song I hear the lyrics are the answer to the question, I'll know that it's you. If a friend of mine walks up and says, you know what, I don't know why I'm supposed to say this, but, and then they tell you the answer to the question, that's you, right? And uh, so think of all the ways that you would be open to hearing the answers and then watch how they start showing you the answers. And your pure intention of asking a question and then focusing, focusing on receiving the answer, now you're going to not only notice the answer, how they're answering that question, but you may then start to notice other times where they had answered you and you just didn't notice. It just whizzed by because you, you weren't focused. You, you asked the question and then if, if you're an entrepreneur like me, maybe the next shiny thing came along and you <laughs> forgot about the question altogether. <laughs> but uh, they love to uh, be of service. Just like I love to be of service, so does your angel. So does God, spirit, universe. So it's all about sitting, asking, and more importantly, listening. Great insight. Thank you for that. Wow, that right there was worth the whole interview. I mean, we just need to be, remember that every day, right? So I'll just, yeah. I'll just hit play and replay this interview every day and remind myself that I need to listen more. And we do. We get so caught up in the busyness of this world, and we miss some of the mm-hmm. best guidance, which comes mm-hmm. when we're still. Thank you for that mm-hmm. reminder. Yeah. So tell me about how the publishing came about and how you're helping us share our stories. Well, it came about when, when my wife and I started our coaching company, you know, so many years ago, <laughs> uh, 17 years ago. We just, we knew we'd ultimately, ultimately be writing a book at some point. So we just did a doing business as and a publishing company name. And so we we wrote our first book together and didn't really sell many of those. But the second book that I did uh, was called Who Do You Think You Are? Discover the Purpose of Your Life. And I got 10 people from the movie The Secret that I interviewed to be in the book. And, and pretty much every person in that book, when you read their bio, you'd go, oh, that's who that is. Or you would know them. Uh, so a lot of those people that I interviewed in that book were the best-selling authors, the top speakers in the world and the top marketers in the world. And so I identified the ones that I had seen had the most success with that and asked them if they would mentor me and when we could do it and how much they would charge me. And each and every one of them said, you know what, there there are two different types of people in the world, talkers and doers, and you, my friend, are a doer. So are you still recording? Because this was right after an interview that I had recorded. Uh, I said, yes. And they said, okay, here you go. And so they told me everything that I needed to do to create a best-selling book, to use it to get on stage, to use it to get clients, to, you know, everything that I would ever need to know, all the top, top, the greats in the world freely gave me what I needed to do. So I just took notes, implemented, and that book, the Who Do You Think You Are, was an international bestseller. Uh, two weeks before the book came out, About Life Purpose, uh, Oprah held up Eckhart Tolle's book and made it the, t- the topic of the world, the number one book in the world, and it was about life purpose. Woohoo! So Amazon <laughs> has that algorithm that says, hey, if you bought that book, you'll love this book. And so, so my book uh, just just blew up. It just went everywhere. And, and because of the same algorithm, the first book that, that I'd wrote with my wife, a relationship book, was also on the bestseller list. And uh, this was back in the day when there wasn't like a million subcategories in Amazon. It was like only on the front page, they had the top 100 books of all books 
in the world, and that was called the bestseller list. It was uh, all the top, the top 100 books in the world. So we were right up underneath uh, Eckhart Tolle at number two, and then number 12 was our relationship book. So just unbelievable turnaround. Uh, so speed it up, Keith. So, uh, so I uh, uh, then started teaching other people how to write their book. And then some of those people asked us if we would publish them, which made me think, hey, I know how to do a bestseller for me, but can I do that for someone else? So I did that for two Australian men authors who had helped them write their books. They had international bestsellers. Now I had four. And then uh, and then my mentor, a dear friend, Jack Canfield, said, you know, once you've had four international bestsellers, you're a publishing company, <laughs> so you may want to so you may want to start publishing some of these books from all the incredible people that you're helping to write them. And so we we stepped into that, and uh, and we've been in the publishing business ever since. So we're we're like a medium sized full service publishing house, uh, no startup by any means, but have no intention of being as huge as a Harper Collins. <laughs> we kind of like it where we're at. We work with uh, uh, people that that are divinely guided to us and uh and we publish books that make a difference so you have to feel better when you put it down than when you picked it up or it's not in our catalog and uh and so we uh just have met the most incredible people over the years and and helped them to get their mission and their message out to the world and um, yeah that's how we got into the publishing well, I'm excited to have you on the show and our next podcast, we're going to have another one of your authors. So I'm enjoying getting to connect with your authors and hear their stories and talk with them about their stories. That's that's where I get to play. So thank you for what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. Well, we've about talked up the show. So at this point, I guess I'd like to conclude with asking you if there's something you'd like to leave our listeners with, a parting thought. Mm, absolutely. Here is what I want you, you who are hearing the sound of my voice right now to know, and that is you make a difference in this world. You make a difference, and people forget to tell us that because they assume that we already know we're making a difference in their lives. So the people that we love, they forget to tell us. Uh, but the truth is that you may have saved a life today just because you looked at somebody and said hi, and that person they didn't feel seen. And when you saw them, they said, oh my goodness, they saw me. Well, maybe if I left the planet, my family would miss me. Maybe, who knows what they said as they talked themselves into not taking their life that day just because you said hello. Like You wouldn't know that because they didn't tell you. So for all the people who have forgotten to tell you over the years that you make a difference on this planet, I want to tell you for them. I want to be a stand for them and, and tell you that you make a difference, a profound difference in this world, and it would not be the same without you. So thank you for being the gift of you. Wow. I think that's like our number one parting thought ever. That was spectacular. <laughs> Yay. Thank you for that. You're what welcome. a powerful message from a powerful guy. Thank you so much for being on the show today, and I look forward to connecting with you further in the future. Excellent. It's been a blessing. Thank you for having me. And thank you for listening to the show. Let us know what you thought. We love your feedback at journeyofpossibilities.com. We'll see you next time on Exploring Possibilities.